Like notes through the hourglass, these are the songs of our lives. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Songs of Our Lives. I am Brad Rose. I am a musician, a composer, a writer, the founder of Foxy Digitalis, and somebody who thinks about music and sound far more than is probably healthy. Each week, I invite on a guest, and we talk about the songs and the music that has stuck with them, has been there along the way, and a lot more. And we end up really just hanging out and having way too much fun and then bringing you all along for the ride. This week, I am thrilled to have Jeremiah Chu. He has, he's had a string of incredible records in the last year and a half, two years. Uh, first was the recordings from the Oland Islands with Marta Sophia Honer. And then last year had wonderful solo record in Electric Time. And then just to kind of cap it all off, and the one I'm most excited about, which is saying a lot because I loved those other two records, um, the closest thing to silence, which is a, which is he and Marta collaborating with the one, the only, the legend himself, Ariel Kalma. It is, and all of these are on international anthem, which feels like such a wonderful, serendipitous fit for the music that Jeremiah makes, and just, I don't know, and just the the things he does and the way he approaches things. Uh, I really love this record. I love the story of how it happened, which I'm not going to get into. I'll let Jeremiah tell it. Uh, Ariel Kalma is genuinely a hero of mine. I, I admire his work so much. It's been really influential for me. And so when I saw that this, when this got announced, I think I pre-ordered it within like about 10 seconds. Cause I was just like, Oh, this is like dream collaboration right here. And unexpected too. Cause I don't know. I just, I didn't really see it coming, but then it, it makes a lot of sense. And you hear the record. It's, it really makes sense. Um, I highly recommend going to Ariel's Bandcamp page because there is just a treasure trove of incredible, beautiful music there. He is always digging through his vaults, through his archives and sharing stuff and putting stuff up there. Um, it's, it's so worth spending a good amount of time on. Um, and with that though, you should also spend a lot of time with the closest thing to silence, which is out Friday, February 2nd, Ariel Kalma, Marcia Sophia Honer, and my guest this week, Jeremiah Chu. My guest today is a musician, a composer, a educator, a synthesist. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Welcome to the show, Jeremiah Chu. How's it going? Good, good. Thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here to do this. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll get it as well, but you, you, um, you put me through the ringer trying to get prepped for this. You gave me a lot. <laughs> I'm, I'm so sorry. Hey, oh, you know, it's great. You, to be fair, these are hard hitting questions. Yeah. That, uh, they, they also take a little bit of uh, time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we get into that, though, of course, you have the album, The Closest Thing to Silence, that you and Mark Sophia Honer did with Ariel Kalma yes. that is coming out on February 2nd. And 
when this got announced, I was so I was so excited because like Ariel's one of my favorite artists, musicians ever. <laughs> yes. Yeah, um so I, I would just love to know like how how did this come about? Yeah, I mean it it surprisingly is quite straightforward. He uh he DMs me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After listening through the the last record I did with Marta, uh, recordings from All on Islands, he just basically had expressed, um, you know, that he had enjoyed it. And, you know, I, I remember that day because he DM'd me and I, I was like, Marta, this can't be real. You know, like, is there, is there real DMing me right now? Um, because I've also been a huge fan of his over the years, you know, uh, beyond the work that... Um, the collaborations he's done with Rob Lowe and, and Sarah Debachi and mm-hmm. other just kind of like, I think his record um, with the hand on it was from 1973 or five. Yeah. Um, exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> they, I can't look at the name of it. Yeah. I think it's like Tom. The yeah. most, um, I've listened to it so many times on YouTube you know, <laughs> and over and over again and, and then really got into all of his work. Um, when Revenge put out the the compilation as well, but you know, just kind of was digging because he's got so much material. But um, he basically had asked us if he wanted to collaborate, and then an opportunity came up to do so uh, through the BBC because the mm. the show Late Junction had basically um, kind of pairs people that haven't collaborated before together to to make something new. Um, this was all done remotely at the time, but um. Basically, they had asked Ariel to do it, and Ariel had suggested uh, Martin <laughs> join. And so we started by just improvising, sending recordings back and forth. And then beyond that um, session or that show, we just wow. were like, there's so much material here to mine and continue to expand upon that we we just kept on working together uh, kind of in spurts where there would be like mm-hmm. really intense activity and then a little bit of downtime and then coming back to it. and um, and then International Anthem had heard the stuff and they were like, what are you going to do with that? You know, it's like, well, let's do this. Yeah. And, and that really helped uh, always push it forward and have the sort of ears on it and the guidance. So, wow. That, yeah, I can't even imagine getting that DM. That must have felt incredible. <laughs> yeah. It's been a weird, weird time. You know, everyone's on there. It's, it's, it's funny. Yeah. So, like, over what period was this? Were you guys working on this? Yeah, this is basically uh, 20, it was like August last year. Um, what month is it? Not last year. We're in January now. <laughs> <laughs> if this was last month, it would have yeah. been, yeah. August of 2022 is when we started. And then the show aired in September of 2022. Mm-hmm. And then we had kind of chipped away until the end of the year, took a little bit of a break. And then basically in May of 2023, we kind of just like knocked it out. Wow. And so this, like you said, this is all done remotely. Have, do you have any plans to, because he's in Australia, right? Am yes. I, any plans to go down there? Uh, I would love to. I mean, yeah. um, we're open to it. Right. <laughs> well, that's, it's, yeah, like I said, I'm really excited. I think he's, um, hit, you know, when I think about, this is kind of a weird tangent, but I think all the stuff going on with Bandcamp and all the, you know. Right, right like people like him like that's could be such a huge loss if it goes away because his band camp is um i know um, it's like uh it's unbelievable 
What's a treasure trove? Yeah, and it's like every week. He, I mean, you know, his archives just must be bottomless. Because I know. It's, but it's so, yeah, it's like that's what Bandcamp, one of the things that it's so great yeah, for. Is I see, it's that. like he does that and Patrick Shiroshi does that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like weekly records. Right. Do you, um, are you familiar with an artist? Is it Bernard Chalotel? I don't know if I am. So he's, he's French and he, I mean, he kind of came up same time period as Ariel made like was making like ambient new age kind of records back in the seventies and eighties. Um, I had never heard of him until this was a couple of years ago. I like, you know, you can follow people's fan accounts or whatever on Bandcamp, and you get, you know, like, Oh, they bought this. And anyway, Carlos Nino was one of the people I follow. And I was like, Carlos keeps buying all this stuff by this guy. And anyway, it's the same kind of thing. Like he's, yeah. I think, you know, he's in his seventies or something and he's just, Every week, it's like, well, here's a new piece of music that I've been oh, working on, and it's, I love it. Anyway, <laughs> weird tangent, but I'll check uh, it out. You just outed one of Carlos's sources now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> everyone's going now. Yeah. Um, any any plans to return to the Oland Islands? Um, you know, we were there last summer uh, mm-hmm. doing a show as well, and it's always really fun to be back there. I mean, summer there is incredible. The sun doesn't set. It's very calm. Man. The more familiar you get with it, the sort of um, the more fun it is to go each time. You know, you're yeah. kind of like, well, I know my things that I need to do, which is I got to get their cheese. <laughs> 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 and then you're like, great. And ride in a, you know, in a boat and, and you're good to go. That's yeah, sounds amazing. I, I've been like Sweden is one of my, my wife and I met because of a, mutual love of sweden and we had been there separately before we met about a month apart from each other mm-hmm. um and so it's a every time we talk about like we want to take my our daughter there and i after when your record came out and reading about the Oland islands i was like this is a place we should go if we yeah, ever get over go. there it's, it's kind of rare to find a place on you know on uh planet earth that takes more <laughs> than one day to get to because if you can't just fly directly there you gotta right. get it's very after you get out of the airport, et cetera, and there's like scheduling involved. So yeah, it's kind of it's kind of fun to have that adventure there. Yeah, it, yeah. I'm someday, someday, uh, and I'll make sure to get the cheese and the mustard. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I could sit here and talk about this record and all this stuff forever, but let's get into the meat of this whole thing. Yeah, let's do um, it. So before we do that, actually before that, so you prefaced when you, when you sent in your stuff, so I could prep for this, you prefaced it with, and I love this. It's a conversation. You said it's a conversation you had with a friend of yours. Uh, and the sentiment was that it's sad to think there's just so much amazing music that you'll never hear in your lifetime. And this is something I think about all the time, but the funny thing is, or maybe not the funny thing, I think about it in the sort of from the opposite side. And the, to me, there's something weirdly comforting about the fact that I know there's music out there. Right. that I probably would love that I may never hear or I don't know, but I just, I, I just love the general sentiment of, because it is, it is so overwhelming. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and it was said in sort of this sort of sad way that it was just <laughs> all this beauty I'll never get to experience. And, and, and just like these different experiences. Um, and then I'm sitting here looking at your questions and they're just like, <laughs> name what, you know, and you're, you're, it's vast. <laughs> world. So, yeah um, but yeah let's let's go for it let's start right. 
<laughs> All right. And, um, and, and I will, the, the questions may be a little different this time because there were some you didn't answer, which is okay. I think that in, especially in this, like, I think in the spirit of like Ariel Kalma's music is a very like positive energy in the world. That's where we're going to take, keep our focus today. So okay. to start, what is the first song that you can remember hearing? And you want me to list all the things or just kind of start? <laughs> just kind of, just, uh, just. Okay. So just go, I, however you want to do it, we'll, we'll I make it work. Two, I put in two of them, but the, well, the one I, I thought of um, was, I just called the Say I Love You by Stevie Wonder. And I put this in there because it, it's kind of like that first song. Uh, when you said the word remember, it's not, it, it's something that I actually remember calling you know in a very sweet way calling my grandparents and singing that song as oh a my gosh you know uh on the phone and it was sort of this you know tradition that we had when i was quite young um so that kind of stuck with me over the years and you know, even into my um into my youth as a punk rock kid uh listening to like that i don't know me first and they give me give me these records where they covered old songs i was like i gotta cover this stevie wonder song um <laughs> So yeah, that that was really what popped to mind. It's beautiful. It's still it's nice to hear. You know, Stevie I, just has a magic. <laughs> yeah, I mean Stevie's one of the best ever. I it's funny. I have this memory of this song like it's very, and I hadn't thought about this until I, until I was getting ready for this. That my sister and I, she's three years older, and we used to when we were really young, we would record ourselves singing songs on a tape recorder, like you know, like you do, and the two or three the three that i remember i remember there was a beach boys song i, I think it was surfing usa maybe because right. that was one of my dad's favorite records um somewhere out there from an american tale and this song and i totally had spaced on and i yeah and i'm sure those my mom probably still has those tapes which is kind of a horrifying I mean, you wonderful find them. <laughs> yeah. we got we have to hear them you have to hear them. <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, yeah it's and the other song I also wanted to mention because you put also Jim Croce's Operator. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, these are two kind of perfect songs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is, you know, I think a lot of it was just that was what was playing in the house. Mm -hmm. um, and I, whenever I listen to Operator, it sort of reminds me of that, that time and place uh, kind of puts you back there. And you're kind of like, this is a sweet, sweet song, you know? <laughs> was, was there like a, a lot of music playing in the house and stuff like growing yeah. up? Was music? There wasn't a ton. My dad just kind of had like a, like a, a, a chunk of CDs that he would play. One of them was Croce, one of them was Stevie Wonder. And then there was like an Enya record, a Fleetwood Mac record, and, and not too much beyond that, um, regularly. But then, you know, when I was answering this, this song, I was like, do I put in like Minuet from Suzuki? Cause I grew up playing, you know, it's just, <laughs> Those are truly the songs that have also stuck with me for all of time. But, but I was like, no, this is this is actually the song song that I, I yeah, think. So, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, well. So not a ton of music, but I was practicing piano and violin a lot. So, <laughs> did you start playing like what, like pretty young? Yeah, I think I was five or six. Yeah. Oh wow. <clears throat> well, on a so. Are, do you, are you, do you, do you consider yourself a crier? <laughs> not, not really. <laughs> well, maybe joyful laughter kind of yeah. more often because I do a lot of stupid stuff <laughs> at the end of life for the, for the fun of uh, a, a laugh. But, um, yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't, I find, uh, I don't, I can't remember the last time I actually shed. <laughs> well, so what, along those lines, though, what's a song that will, whether it makes you actually cry, like puts you in that sort of place where if you're not, it doesn't make you actually cry, you feel those yeah, kind of sure. feelings. I mean, you know, that's like the, the joy of listening to all this music. I, and I kind of like, intentionally when answering these questions kind of veered a little bit um because i listen to so many different things on a regular basis i sort of like i'm a voracious listener um but for me you know the song that made me would make me cry or that i feel very um that i could hear the emotion is in is uh andata or um ubi from ryuchi sakamoto on that async record i was thinking of both that record and like you know, Black Star, the Bowie record, um, because these are both like records at the end of somebody's life. And yeah. with Ryushi, you know, like the first track on that, I mean, he just has that quality of, um, you know, uh, harmony or that sensibility mm -hmm. of melodic writing that is super evocative and emotional. Um, Andata is like, it feels very, um, like it just, expands and crushes you by the end of the song you know yeah, it kind of keeps yeah. on growing and 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 it feels very powerful but ubi i listened to more and more and i was like there's this pinging pulse through the whole thing that mm -hmm. just feels like time is is very much in front of you and you're battling or grappling with it yeah so you kind of hear them playing against it and it's just kind of devastating to listen to sometimes yeah, I, I was thinking about that with Ubi. It definitely has this, yeah, that's a really good way to describe it. And it, and then, you know, with his passing and stuff, it just, the gravity of it is just heightened to an unimaginable. <laughs> it's yeah, so heavy. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, on Dot, it's like every note is like this little dagger or something. Exactly. And it just, it builds, like you said, it builds up and it builds up to the end. You're just shredded. <laughs> oh, totally. I mean, it, you know, it's, it's, did you shed tears? <laughs> Are you a crier? <laughs> uh, it, you know, it's funny. Like I, I, I've become more of one in the last, like my daughter's 10. And I yeah. always say that sort of unlocked something where, and it, but it's, it's not stuff that I normally would think like, I'll, you know, I don't know. Um, the, but this music gets me so emotional. Like I, sometimes I have to be in the right place to listen to him. These yeah, days. for sure. I mean, it's interesting because with all this stuff and it's a sentiment that you'll hear me talk about a lot, but you know, when I'm making, uh, my own work, especially in the realm of the electronic, um, or modular or et cetera, synthesis, um, I'm always looking for a way to find the sort of human, mm -hmm. uh, human part of all of that stuff. And so, you know, these recordings and you hear, uh, that ability to, to really be present or you kind of feel the human in in the song you're kind of like that's uh an achievement in itself yeah. you know yeah that yeah yeah and that's i the music i feel like that often sticks with me the longest or whatever it's if you know with sakamoto marrying this like this incredible compositional but just the like the technical ability and all those things but yeah that human like emotion and like combining them in a way that nobody else can and it's yeah, exactly oh yeah yeah well I, you're, I, there's a level of honesty there so it's, it's kind of yeah. to feel yeah well okay on the flip side what's the song that'll 
put you in a better mood. I know this one. I I was like, I could have just endlessly listed. You know, <laughs> um, very quickly, I'm kind of they because they all feel slightly in the same realm, but they're all they all have different touch points for me. So I I put down bizarre love triangle from New Order because it's like. It's just any of that stuff in the realm of new romantic and uh, synth pop of that era. It just, I love that. As a teen, that was kind of like uh, finding that stuff uh, beyond, like, I don't know, alternative music in America, you know, Green Day and and uh, Prodigy or whatever. I was like, yeah. I was like, this is a realm of, of different music that feels really good. Um, and I learned a lot about synthesizers from all those bands, Depeche, New Order, Bad Shot Boys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like Bizarre Love Triangle is one of those songs where I don't, I don't even have to hear it. I can just think of the intro and I it instantly just kind of makes me smile because it's one of those songs you just know so well and it's so ubiquitous, but it's like that. Dun, 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 it's just yep. like, makes, I mean, me, makes me feel good. <laughs> I love those, you know, the songs that you just use a, a trigger sequence on a drum machine. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, I put that down. I put down Chicago by Roy Ayers because I think it's just like that was a song that um, that also just reminds me a lot of Chicago, and I love his sort of talk singing in it and the vibe is immaculate. You know, um, perfect vibe. <laughs> yeah, Teardrops by Womack and Womack. If you watch that video on YouTube, it's so good. Yeah, <laughs> I never se- I never seen the video until this, and I was just like, oh my god, this is yeah. great. They're great. Um, and then, yeah, both the Never Too Much by Luther Vandross and Arrow Through Me by McCartney Wings, where those songs are like in the beginning, they just have that like chord progression or that thing that sinks you into a song um, and you're fully there with them. So they're very sweet. <laughs> Is... Uh... Was like eighties and nineties R and B like was that just thinking about like the Womack Womack Luther Vandross like Vandross is to me one of the my favorite singers ever and I yeah. feel like it doesn't get enough love sometimes but um, were those kind of like big things for you? You know, I think like it, it's funny because a lot of this stuff also just comes through um, learning synthesizers and getting really into vintage gear. So you know from. <laughs> from something like new order you kind of keep going backwards in time and then you hear um what happened is that i got really into uh electro boogie and boogie funk and then disco and then soul and they kind of just like went backwards from like the mid 80s to the mm. early 70s um and you kind of listen to the instrumentation and, and truly just the pocket you know just trying to find yeah. songs that have have these really beautiful production qualities in pocket to them um which i think teardrops is great (laughs) oh my god yeah yeah i i always love like the production of that sort of era and i don't know i'm a sucker for that stuff totally and there's like something funny with uh when you hear somebody on a song singing and you just know they're doing it with their eyes closed Yes, and their and their hands are on their headphones, and they're just singing eyes closed. They're like this is too sweet. <laughs> yeah, God, I, yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't heard Teardrops since a long time, and it just, it, yeah, it. The video is amazing. Everybody needs to watch the video. Like, you know, I always put together a playlist on YouTube of all the picks, right. and so I will make sure to include the include the official video, and everybody needs to watch it because it is amazing. 
Sounds good. Um, all right. Well, Jeremiah, what is objectively, <laughs> objectively the best song, greatest song of all time? And I love that you broke this down into categories. This made me so happy. <laughs> well, objectively, I was like, objectively, <laughs> you, how do you, right. uh, how does that touch every single thing? And so I was like, objectively for vibe, objectively for the arrangement and joy, objectively for a reflection on the times, because objectively music does so yeah. many things for so many people in so many different ways. And so I just like, I was like, oh my gosh, how do you answer this with just one? Um, but yeah, once again, I put in, you know, Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence from Sakamoto once again, because that, that I think is, is an amazing piece of music where you have this um, uh, blend of like just melodic beauty. And then it's also just kind of like a really great production sound. Mm -hmm. So there's sort of the technical and the emotional together. Yeah. Um, it has no words. So, well, the version I was like listening to doesn't, is, isn't this David Sylvian version, right. but uh, just the composition itself oh. moves really beautifully. It's very emotional. Oh. It's it's a perfect piece of music. Oh my it's god, it's great. I've uh, I've that's I've introduced so many people to Sakamoto because of that song. Where, like, I I mean I think that's how my wife first heard because it, it was very early on when we were together and it was Christmas and I this is on my Chris like I put this you know it's not a Christmas song but it is whatever. She was just like, "What is this?" I was like, "Oh my gosh, yeah." You don't know. Oh. And then I probably got annoying. I was like, "Let me tell you about G Sakamoto." Right. right. <laughs> But, well, it's also uh, fun because that, you know, there's like the piano version, the solo piano version, there's the David Sylvian vocal version. See, you know, if it's objectively, there's three yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. span, that span different approaches to that same song. Um, yeah. so you can hear, um, how it functions truly. So, yeah. 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 Okay. And then also, uh, I put in for the arrangement for sort of the joy. This to me sounds like humans making music together which is the i am the black hole of the sun a roadwork connection also which you can hear a version of from um that international had to put out those stephanie recordings last year yeah. uh, but this rotary version and his arrangement and the whole thing you're just like there's so much music it's a symphony <laughs> yeah it's a symphony in like a matter of minutes you know oh my god it makes it's the song that makes me just like happy to be alive it is so I'm a sucker for those kind of like choir E it's not like choir, but you know, what I mean? like the, yeah, the group gospel. vocal. Yeah. The gospel, like, group. Oh my gosh. Put that. And then put that in this arrangement with the, it's got this, the groove and the, all the, yeah. There's like I said, there's so much music. It's, you can, I know if you like just write out, I was like, how do you arrange this? Cause it starts off with like a very simple guitar and you're like, this could be, that could be the whole song right there. <laughs> And then it comes in, another thing comes in, and then the drums come in at like a, a part where you're like, I can't even really understand how it got in. <laughs> it lands immediately into the deepest pocket and then it's going. And oh, and then, yeah, the, the choral parts of it have some dissonance to them. And so like, there's all this tension and it's just mind boggling. <laughs> I know it is, it is, yeah, it is in the space of however many minutes it's like an right. entire universe of sound and uh so good for sure and then yeah the last one was kind of a simpler one and maybe more of an obvious choice but 
uh, a change is going to come from Sam Cooke, which is also just like, you could hear just the vocal on that. And it's kind of the best thing I've ever heard, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, that, gosh. I, I was thinking about this song the other day and how it's like, I mean, beyond the performing, just like the subject matter and the lyric, it's like 60 years old and it's still... Well, that's why I, like, this can also go into the bucket of songs that make you cry, you know, because yeah. it has that um, uh, emotional, evocative quality. But it's also just like, here's somebody just being as real as they can be right now. And yeah. and what are we supposed to do with this? Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, all three great picks. I can't <laughs> I, I can't argue with any of those. I mean, not that I would. Great. That'd be weird. I'm sorry that I like. <laughs> I was like, I'm just gonna answer what I. I'm no, just, I love it. When I got when I got this yesterday, I was, I was like, oh my! I was. It made me really happy. It was like there are sub. He, he's made subcategories of the categories. This is I know. awesome. But you see what I do, I, you know, both as a, a designer and a, a educator. I was like, I I categorized. Yeah, yeah. I'm organized information. Yeah, got it exactly. Um, all right. Well, let's we're changing changing speeds here. And what is, what do you think is the most, what's the most romantic song? Yeah. So, uh, you know, romance, um, I always think a little bit about just like the mood it puts you in, of course. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I, there was a couple things I kind of started to leave stuff out. Cause I was like, this is going to get, you know, <laughs> all day. Um, but, uh, I put in Um Gosto. I don't know. Not, um Gosto del Sol by Milton Nascimento and Lo Borges on the Club Desquina record. Um, that's the one that, like, that record itself, front to back, is one of the greatest records of all time. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. And, and you can't really, you know, I'm like, that's probably the record I've listened to the most, uh, front to back. And it, yeah. that middle, that song, this song comes in in that section where it reframes the string melody and it's like oh this is so so good yeah. i know yeah that record is uh, absolute perfection uh, from front to back oh my god um yeah i just love the way it moves and yeah and, you know once again the arrangements and things like that sound just incredible so yeah i was i was actually when i, I was looking at some of the because obviously the lyrics are it's all in um it's not in english and but i was looking at some of the translations and God, some of the lines in this song, like the one that was in the sh shadows, the sun is forgotten. I was right. just like, God, that's a beautiful, beautiful. Uh, and it, yeah. And yeah. Well, that's, I think that's what's also really amazing about that is it's like, um, you know, I don't know all the lyrics, but still, it still um, translates, right? Yeah. He can, yeah. Like they communicate that, like everything that it actually says is communicated yeah without so. knowing what it says all right we're moving this into objectively right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. shifting, shifting. it's getting promoted yeah uh. um, so yeah that and then um, i put in please let me go by eddie harris the off of it's the first track off sings the blues um i love that song i used to put it on every sunday i still kind of sometimes like first thing because it's like this really sweet song it's kind of a great way to wake up um he basically sings into his trumpet so it's yeah. a very strange sound um i know it's great yeah the the, the vocal production <clears throat> on the it's so it's like this it's 
it's amazing, but it's like, it's so strange. <laughs> and like, and, yeah. But it, it's one of those things where if you told me, if you just tell me about it, I'd be like, I don't see how this is going to work. Like in the context of this song, but it, you listen to it. It's like, Oh yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, this one it's yeah called, please let me go. He's basically crying into his trumpet. You know? yeah. <laughs> Do you want to hear a, a trumpet cry? Listen to this song. <laughs> you know, it's, I love it. It's just really sweet, mm-hmm. you know? And then, uh, of course, this guy's in love, Burt Bacharach. Any Bacharach stuff, I'm a second for. Um, <clears throat> Jeff Parker and his quartet over at ETA would always throw this cover in of this tune. And it just, it was incredible. I've recorded it on my voice memo so many times over the years. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I love that. I was like, all right, you're a Bacharach head too. It's, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah like i feel like this is this song is like the sound of being swept off your feet or something it's so yeah. or like wanting to be swept off your feet it's like so silky and just effervescent oh it's so good oh what a you know what time it must have been <laughs> oh my god yeah like <laughs> no i i this is i'm ex- i was glad that like burt Backrack hasn't come up on the show yet and mm-hmm. which surprised me because i i love burt Backrack and um, so I was very, like, I was excited about all, because again, like all of these are, and I feel like they, all three of these have, I totally feel like the romance of them, but they all have kind of, it's like a different angle of it or something. I know. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, romance is complex. It's yeah. Not- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all these questions, I'm like, they're so complex. <laughs> I got to come at it from different angles. So. Right. Well, and that's, and that's like always the fun thing for me on this is like, I feel like you, like I've said to so many people, it's like, it's, I learned so much. It has less to do with what the songs are you pick, but just kind of seeing how people approach it. You yeah, learn a lot sure. and that's fun. Um, all right. Well, on a, in a different speed here, what is a song that changed your perspective on an artist? Right. So I, I misread this at first and I was like, changed my perspective as an artist, but then I reread it and I was like, changed my perspective on an artist. And, uh, this, you know, well, this is not information that I've made public always, but I didn't, I wasn't always the biggest Radiohead fan, you know, controversial. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm learning to get into it now because, um, I do think that they're, their production and a lot of the stuff are i think i was just like you know as a as a uh chicagoan a curmudgeon chicago <laughs> i'm like nah i don't want it i'm not into the thing yeah. that everyone else is into i you know with the, the best band is tortoise you know <laughs> which is true which is true yes but, no I... <laughs> but um yeah i so the song was idiotech of course everyone knows it um it's so funny that I kind of was like re-listening to it through um, Paul Lansky because I love Paul Lansky's work as like an academic music person um, mm-hmm. where I, I just loved Idle Chatter. I think that yeah. record, more than Idle Chatter, Chatter is incredible and it's like computer, it's it's chaotic and textural and, um, and melodic. And then mm-hmm. uh, at some point, you know, I was watching on YouTube, just going down the Paul Lansky rabbit hole. And then, you know, that other piece came on and I was like, this is a Radiohead chunk. Like, <laughs> do you take that song? And then I looked it up. I was like, they in fact did sample Paul Lansky. I was like, okay, they're obviously, you know, yeah. uh, 
um, tapped into everything because why wouldn't they be if they have all the resource and time in the world to listen to everything amazing? I had, yeah, I had this, I, I didn't have any idea that they sampled this until I saw it. I was like, and then kind of was like going back and yeah, going, cause I love that Paul Lancey record and that, yeah, I've, I've, I've got like a, I don't know. Radiohead's probably my wife's favorite band. And I, I'm like, I don't know. I, I don't know. I like, and I, I don't know how I feel about Radiohead. Like, but I've things like this, like push me. I'm like, okay, I need to, like you said, like reconsider some of the, some yeah, of the I mean, I don't know. It just maybe just didn't catch me the way it caught everyone else. I didn't mm-hmm. dislike it. I just didn't spend a ton of time with it. Right. Uh, but I did like as I was getting more and more into gear that, you know, Tom York or they would always be using the best gear. So they would have like a surge modular on stage. They would have the, all the electron yeah. machines, machine drums. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. That's like, I actually, ha- I do have like a memory of this song. I think it must've been like 2000 or so. I don't know. Whenever Kid A came out and they were on Saturday Night Live. And I just v- distinctly remember Johnny Greenwood, like on stage with that, his like modular rig or his, I don't even know what, what, but it was the first time that I had ever really seen anything like that. And was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, I, I appreciate that. Cause that is like, it's not the easiest, uh, synthesizer to wrangle in let alone put into sort of a pop uh, song context so uh definitely requires a lot of effort to get to that point yeah <laughs> yeah but it yeah knowing this that they sample paul lansky now just kind of it makes me look at it in a different light so so perhaps you've changed my perspective on <laughs> as well. So that's what we're getting into this year, 2024. Yeah, finally. <laughs> <Greatest> finally. <laughs> <laughs> you guys heard, you know, you've heard it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty good, pretty good. <laughs> and hey, maybe now, you know, people who are Radiohead fans will check out Paul Lansky if they haven't, because, yeah, yeah, more idle chatter is amazing. I know, it's great. <sighs> um. So are you, are lyrics, are you a big lyrics person? Like, do you pay attention to a lot of lyrics? You know, I, I don't always, because I'm always listening to the timbre for it. It's like, <laughs> you catch myself having to go back and find the lyrical component, mm-hmm. um, because I'm not, you know, when I'm writing, I don't write from that perspective. I think story is really important to me, um, in terms of like trying to convey some sort of narrative. Um, but the, the lyrical part, I think that. I, um, I usually just, well, I just listen to a ton of instrumental music. So that's the thing <laughs> is that there's not a ton of, uh, music always that has, um, lyrics in them. And yeah. So, so yeah. You, what, what are your favorite lyrics so, in different ways? <laughs> in different ways. Well, you'll see that I, I listen to a ton of, uh, YMO, Yellow Magic Orchestra, um, and all of the offshoots, mm-hmm. Sakamoto, <laughs> uh Yukihiro Takahashi even the production you know uh engineers and all the tethers but um entire song I love the lyrics of perspective from YMO because I think it's just so it's almost like mundane that and it makes it uh poetic because of its its sort of plainness and I don't know if it's like it was a translation thing or just like that was just the poetry that he was writing but I I love the lyrics of it yeah (laughs) <laughs> um they're very straightforward you gotta listen to it but it's just kind of like um it feels like it's just somebody observing everything yeah. you know yeah 
and I, yeah, I, I hadn't, I hadn't paid close attention to uh, to the lyrics for this until the and I was yeah, it, it was. I really I mean, like it, and, and then just in the context of the song too, like the product, like all, I don't know, I think it it makes it even better. <laughs> yeah, and I just love a line that like you know that doesn't try to be overly. Um, poetic even though there are i put some in here that are like that but where it's just like every day i brush my teeth (laughs) that's so i know me too yeah it's like twice a day sometimes yeah (laughs) Um, i love that one um for the single line i loved uh i'm not in love by 10cc that line big boys don't cry um there's a great short documentary on youtube that tells of the making of it and how they brought oh. the secretary in to record this line and then it became this big thing. And I kind of wow. love the love that, you know, but that song also is just mind boggling when you hear and see the video of the production where they basically like turned a mixing console into uh, an organ, essentially recording all their voices and then just kind of fading them in and out. And you have this um, batch of like, I think it was like, of several hundred voices at the same time so wow holy cow <laughs> that's amazing Still, yeah great um yeah and then i put in uh well these two actually i listened to a lot um him by rupert holmes and then alone again naturally by gilbert o'sullivan um because rupert holmes that story is just fucking funny <laughs> 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 They're kind of like, it's like sung by a kind of like this, this, this story basically, or the song is called him. And it's basically just like, it's either me or him. And it's this sort of story of him, um, him like finding a pack of smokes that aren't his at his, uh, you know, partner's house or something. <laughs> and I was like, you're just, you're, you're pissed and you're writing a song. And I don't know if it's, it's, you know, from real life experience, but it sure could be. And right. it's just, need to be you know yeah no i totally see that but um, i like the picture it paints yes yeah I, yeah i love the narrative of it and like kind of the way it arrives at the <laughs> the ending or the climax and yeah oh it's great yeah. well <laughs> that one's worth listening to uh for sure because there's this the comedy for me is like there's this moment where he's basically just like you gotta choose it's me it's either me or it's him and then he does like a falsetto like solo and then he <laughs> jumps into like singing you know in a such a goofy way that you're like this is amazing <laughs> i always wonder too like yeah I, lo- I would love to be a fly on the wall during the sort of songwriting process of something like that it's like how did you get here like i love it and it's amazing but it's so what like kind of wild and unexpected and it's like how did you get here i want to just know i mean there must have been some some you know uh lightness when they're in there and it's fun for them i think you hear that a little bit too so Mm -hmm. um yeah and then alone again naturally it's like one of the world's most beautiful saddest stories it's brutal (laughs) (laughs) yeah and it just piles on too it's like every verse you think like oh my god how can it oh geez it got worse (laughs) it just keeps getting worse and worse you know um so I, I but it was one of those songs that also i listened to a lot um without paying attention to the lyrics at first because i was just like oh the progression of the melody and the the song itself was so beautiful and then yeah the deeper you get into it and you're just like oh my god it's so 
so dark. You know? Yeah, I remember I years and years ago one like I look looking it up and it's supposedly not autobiographical. I was like, that's good because. <laughs> I don't know. It feels pretty, uh, but yeah. Um, but yeah. And then the last one, it was surf subs and, you know, the beach boys, um, that, that just is like half the time you listen to it. That one I like because half the time you hear words and you can't really, you, you don't really hear them and you kind of hear the sound of them. And I think that's one that really paints, um, like a rhythmic, um, poem for me where I'm like, Oh, Sometimes I'm trying to sit there and listen to it through understanding what the images are. And other times I'm listening to it just in the cadence and the rhythmic rhythm and the, just like the, you know, sheer um, beauty and madness of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's so many layers to that song. I mean, that whole album is yeah, unbelievable, totally. but um, yeah, I like that. Um, okay. I've lost my place. Here we go. Okay. Yes. What is the last song that you completely fell in love with? Yeah. Okay. So this is, um, this year it was Laura by M83, um, because I was so fortunate to be asked to, to open for their tour. And so I did this amazing tour, uh, opening for M83 solo, you know, and they were wow. all these huge sold out shows, <laughs> um, across North America or the U S and, and, you know, when, whenever you're, Whenever you're on tour with a band or an artist, um, whether you are into the music prior or not, like you end up just falling in love with all the stuff because you see it each night. Right. And um, and then I just ended up listening to it while I was driving from the gig to gig to get even more familiar because I love, you know, of course, listening to the production of a record oh. and how it's performed live, um, both of which were just super amazing. And then on that record laura is just like it, it's it's so good you know? so good. and i don't know if i've just been um you know i just hadn't listened i hadn't been down this this uh road in a while because i'm always listening to stuff from decades prior and, right. and it's really i loved it and now it just has also um a memory a lasting memory of nostalgia just that time you know? yeah yeah i got there I've never seen them live, so I'd be really curious because their album, the production on their albums is unbelievable. It's so impeccable. And just the live show is kind of mind blowing uh, to me. I was, I was like, I felt so fortunate to be like the, by myself every night back there watching and then coming to the front and watching. And it's, it basically was like, this is as good of a show as you could put on, uh, period. You know, like it was just like, wow. it really, the lights, the, the crew, the production, the um sonic quality of it the front of house was like it was mind-boggling it sounded awesome. so good so yeah um, i'm such a good so I, I like i feel like no they're they they have that sort of like cosmic anthemic thing yeah. that they do that no, i'm a sucker for it like that kind of thing cool. like it um and yeah this is yeah I, and i i honestly i forgot they had a record that came out last year so yeah whenever, so i was record. like oh it is it's really good yeah. really i really loved it um and then the other song i put in here was stardust by yasuaki shimitsu um i it was also just like something that i came across and um i hadn't heard this particular song before and i shared it with my friend uh ben babbitt who's also an amazing musician mm -hmm. and arranger etc and uh 
we both kind of geeked out on it for a second and he was like you know it sounds like he's in love with music i was like that's such a good description yeah. you know or a way to but it is like when you can hear that somebody loves it in the song i'm like that's rare i feel like you know? yeah that's a perfect i never heard i never heard this before either until this and it's um yeah there's i one of my notes this here is like there's this real air of like mystery and romance to it and i think but like yeah it's it's this feeling of i'm being in love in, with music and maybe not entirely understanding why but it does like the why isn't as important as the right, right. <laughs> um right. yeah i don't i, I want to know more about him in this and it's yeah <laughs> he got some great great incredible music out there his band mariah um his solo stuff um he was also just doing a lot of work his uh compilation music for commercials incredible incredible stuff man like you said there's so much beautiful amazing music <laughs> like it, it it will never end um, I, I was like i'm trying to get through as much of it as i can in this <laughs> <hour>. <laughs> um okay well what cover song is better than the original Oh man, I didn't, I, I couldn't, I, I was sitting here and I was like, what am I going to put for this? <laughs> um, this one, I don't know. Oh, maybe this is the answer to what lyric you thought you knew. You've got yeah. the, okay, my bad. But the questions were kind of combined together. So I think I misread it. Okay. Scratch all that. Forget that happened. What's a lyric you thought you knew, but then you learned it was something else and it blew your mind. Right. Well, I did think about the cover thing for a while and I just was like, I don't, I can't find the thing because I oftentimes it's hard to make a cover. It is, you know, it's funny, you know, one of the songs I feel like that's been covered a lot and I don't, is that's on your list is teardrops. Cause you know, there's yeah, like the exactly. Elton and none of it. It's like, no, it doesn't even come close. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, so I did yeah. recently hear, um, a cover i forgot who covered it of misdemeanor by uh the silvers and i mean the original is amazing and the cover is amazing i don't yeah. know if it's here, but both of them are amazing <laughs> yeah yeah i feel like there's definitely some of those where it's like they're both really good and it's you know i'm yeah but but yeah uh, but anyways. Anyways, yeah so the lyric that you you thought well, it was one thing <laughs> i i i basically just is like i have to put in Batiato in here because he is somebody that has changed i've listened to also infinitely his record fetus and then his records click and um pollution and all the other stuff but like uh and zahop and batiato is just one of those actually is uh scotty scotty piece from international anthem him and i sort of got along in the very beginning of our our friendship because we were both obsessed with fetus as a record um, but the track Una Cholula, uh, Cellula, Una Cellula, um, which is, you know, it's like this record is in Italian and I've been listening for forever, mm -hmm. uh, over and over and over again. And I love the record. And then when people ask oftentimes in like this kind of situation, they're like, what's the best record? And then, um, of yours that you could recommend. And I was like, you got to hear Fetus by Batiato. And then. I realized that what happened is that there was an English version of this record that he had sung or put out. Oh, and man. that's like the only thing that was like on Spotify or other streaming stuff for a while. So people were like, this record is strange. And I was like, what are you listening to? 
<laughs> and then I listened to that version of it, and I was like, this is pretty weird. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was just different. You know, yeah. I know the record title is Fetus, and I know that the song is about the set being a cell. Um, but just hearing it in English, I was like, I don't know if I would recommend you listen to the English version of this. Yeah. I would firmly stay with the Italian version of that record. So yeah. That's um, kind of what blew my mind. That, what have I, I been sharing? <laughs> that's, I didn't even realize there. I, I'm learning this right now that there is an English, because I've only ever heard the Italian version. Yeah. Um, huh. Maybe I shouldn't listen to the. <laughs> yeah. Just, I think you can skip it. You know, I think that, yeah. That's but, yeah. Did he do English versions of any of his other records, dude? You know, I, I assume there are yeah. probably exist out there or some things like that, but um, I don't need to hear them. I know, but I love <laughs> like, that too. I love that these I, records. You know, he was like a an experiment. He's quite experimental in those early records, and then became like the foremost singer of right. you know of pop <laughs> in Italy. Yeah, like, I mean, like, yeah, fetus like click is yeah. It's like a 30 minute record that does, you know, talking about, we were talking about like rotary connection, how it's like just so yeah. much in this, that album. It's like, oh my God, it's just, it's like an adventure. It is. Yeah. Uh, I love it. It's, I love it so much. It's one of my favorites for sure. Yeah. Well, I hope if there's an English version out there, I don't want to know about it. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Well, we're in the home stretch here. We got two questions left and these are kind of the two big ones. So we're going to start it with what is the song that means the most to you? And it, the, the, not necessarily the song itself, but like you associate it with something or someone or an experience. And it's just, yeah, I love that this one I was able to lead at one song. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's nervously by Pet Shop Boys. I, I thought I was like, you know, I got, uh, you know, I don't know that everyone knows how much I loved Pet Shop Boys. And now <laughs> they might know, but I listen to them a lot. And they're kind of like for me. <laughs> um, and because, you know, it can go two ways. I think that sometimes it, when I even listening to it, it's like I listen to it from a production standpoint and from uh, just like what they were doing. Um, but I also recognize that it's also very uh, theatrical, you know, the way mm -hmm. that it um, is very theatrical and it's not for everybody when you kind of listen through all of their catalog. But this song I love. I think it, it was um, it also means a lot to me because I, I uh, you know, a friend uh, Dan Jubal that had passed away. We had a shared love of uh, Pet Shop Boys and especially that record behavior. So I've sort of listened to it, um, you know, infinite amount of times. But also he he let me know. He was like, well, you know, behavior is the best record because Faltermeyer produced it. And I was like, oh, Harold Faltermeyer is involved. Okay, this is, and now I hear it. I hear it in the delay. I hear it in yeah. the way the production is set forth. And then you AB that with any Marauder record, you kind of like, yes, this has that, that feeling to it. So, yeah. Um, um, uh, it's such an amazing song. <laughs> it's like song. all the like synth layers and stuff. I feel like, I, I know I heard this when I was pretty young because behavior came out in like 89, 90, 91, somewhere in there. So I'd have been like 10 or 11. Um, and my sister, my sister's three years older. So like, I remember hearing this and I, I feel like subconsciously maybe it was like really formative because like a lot of these sounds like synth sounds and like the timbre and stuff I feel like it sounds I've been chasing my whole life. Sure. Um, but yeah, I, I love 
Pet Shop Boys. I think that they they were doing, uh, you know, I love listening to their records. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, how, I, I mean, I'm sure there are people that don't, but I'm like, how can you not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, in this moment in time, as we sit here in early January 2024, Jeremiah Chu, what is your yeah. favorite song? I know, right? <laughs> I went back to doing three songs. Um, and I'll say this because um, I put these in there because it's also what I've just been uh, re- obsessively listening to. Uh, oftentimes when people make records, they, I think that they go, there are two, I think I've recognized that there are one of two routes that people go down, which they're like, I don't listen to anything. I'm only in my own world and I don't want it to influence. And I actually do the opposite where I sort of get really obsessed with different um, approaches to music making. And I find it to be like uh, part of the research that I do is actually to not, not by any way of like, it never actually, um, I never try to like mimic it, but actually I'm just listening to like how it was formed and what the mm-hmm. vibe is. So Rain Dance off of Sextant by Herbie Hancock. Um, that and In a Silent Way, of course, were kind of um, these two records where I'm like, the, how they formed it, how it was edited, how it was cut. I'm not really, I'm just like listening to really just how, where the edit points are and, you know, how that band is operating. Um, and then acapella by john mcguire which is like kind of the opposite end but all of these are sort of long long mm-hmm. song 20 minute songs um and the acapella one is like it's kind of like the opposite approach it's fully composed but it has right. this um it has also some sort of feeling of randomness or chance that's happening too um so i like that one comes from kind of like a very sort of computer uh generated realm and one is completely improvised and and they also both involve electronics and have a human feel to them (laughs) yeah no all three of those are oh my god and that's really interesting like listening to the edits and stuff especially thinking about like rain dance and when i think about how that song is put together and how it's you know it's like this electronic kind of you know like the first minute of it i don't know it sounds like the best version of a lot of experimental electronic records I get promos <laughs> and then it just then like the sort of more jazz influence side comes yeah. and it it's so oh and then it goes back and then it's like all the you know oh it's yeah it's good yeah and then in a silent way incredible edit it's like yeah. two songs that got smashed together yeah and it emerges in the middle. It just goes to a different song, and then it goes back to the first one. <laughs> I know. I, how again? Like I, I would love, like I was saying earlier, like be a fly in the. I just love to like hear the like process of that, and like you know understand that, and um, yeah, in a silent way. I mean, I don't know. We'll never catch up to Miles. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's um, all amazing, but yeah, that's a little bit of like um foreshadowing of what's to come there's been some good uh big band records that we're working on with the the group that have been playing uh we did some recordings um together all live improvised and they're kind of being together and edited right now so wow that's exciting man okay well stay tuned in the coming years probably because everything takes (laughs) um well this was awesome this was so much fun and I really, like, like I said, I love the, you gave me a challenge, but I was so up for it. And 
um it's gonna be really interesting making because i usually try like when i make the playlist to just pick one song of each category i know not. which you can do but you can also make the world's longest YouTube. Right. <laughs> like oh yeah. no we'll, we'll see where it goes who knows it'll be a do surprise what I mean. <laughs> um okay well the the closest thing to silence is out february 2nd um any any shows or anything coming up that you want to mention yeah, there's a couple shows. I mean, we're doing, uh, well, just got announced in Chicago on, I think it's in May. It's in the middle of May. I'm opening for Suzanne Chiani, which will be amazing. Oh, man. Um, it'll be a great show that Reflections is putting on. Um, and then, yeah, a couple here in L.A. at the end of the month, uh, Booker Sartrum and myself are doing some duo stuff, um, both in mid-January with Leah opening for Leah Brucci and then uh, for Mary Lattimore at the end of the month. And then just a couple sprinklings of other stuff. But um, yeah. Awesome. Well, that's exciting. well thanks again. And, no, everybody, really and everybody go go to the shows and grab the record because it's awesome. So Thank you so much for having me. Once again, thank you to Jeremiah for taking the time and putting me through my paces. Like I said at the beginning of the episode, he sent me like 30, I think it was 33 tracks. Um, and and going through, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that didn't make the playlist. I Maybe I'll make a second playlist. Maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll make a full playlist for uh, Patreon with all the songs because there are so many good ones on there. I think we talked about them all so you can, you know, you can kind of search for them and listen to them. But um I will try to put a playlist together for Patreon if I have time. Um, speaking of Patreon, would love it if you joined us over there in support of the cause. For as little as three bucks a month, you can get these episodes a week early and get the extra Patreon section that is exclusive to those episodes on Patreon, which we have a lot of fun on those. Um, we learn a lot of weird, random stuff about these artists that surprises the hell out of me, honestly. And just, yeah, it gets it gets a lot of fun over there. So, Patreon.com slash Foxy Digitalis and everybody who has, is supporting it. And uh, it means the world. And in a time where, of course, like music writing is um, hard to, it's, it's, a, it's a rough road out there. Uh, it means even more. So thank you. Um, you can always check out the playlist, link to the show notes, check out the album out February 2nd, the closest thing to silence. Holler at me on Instagram, on Twitter, Blue Sky all those places, send me an email, whatever you want to do. But no matter what you choose to do, which may be nothing, you know, maybe, you know, I don't know, whatever. But while you're doing it, keep on listening to whatever the hell you want. <laughs>